Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back. Darren Mitchell here and you're listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. So great to have you on board for yet another episode and I trust that you and your team are enjoying a very, very productive week so far. So in today's episode, I wanted to have a quick conversation about uh, conversations that sometimes leaders have to have regardless of how we feel. Now, I've often said on this podcast and I say this to pretty much anybody that wants to listen, whether it be sales teams, operational teams, sales leaders operational leaders, aspiring leaders, and anybody in between who's looking to potentially move into a leadership role, that it is not easy. Leadership is not easy, and it's certainly not for everyone. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody doesn't have the capability with the right uh, frameworks in place, with the right assistance, with the right mentoring and guidance that they couldn't develop into a good leader, and hopefully some can separate themselves from the rest and become an exceptional leader, but it is not for everybody. And I say that a lot. There's a lot of people who are forced into, or let's just say, given the quote-unquote opportunity to move into a leadership position that they're all ultimately not ready for. And often it's because they've been a fantastic individual contributor and somebody has looked at them and said, hmm, that person has potential. Imagine if they were leading a team and that team was delivering the results that they these, this person was as an individual contributor. How good would the business be? So let's promote that person. And they're not necessarily given the transition plan, the game plan, the blueprint, and the support that goes with it. So leadership does come with a huge amount of responsibility. And one of the keys to great leadership, and I would suggest exceptional leadership, is the ability for that leader to not only create a culture of high performance, and with that, set some really, I guess, strong benchmarks and standards and expectations around performance and certainly behavior, but also create a culture where there's a maintenance level that it's uncompromising, it's high performance, there's conversations that need to be had when they need to be had, but everybody knows exactly where they stand and you drive a culture of interdependence moving towards independence where it's not necessarily left just to the leader to create those standards. You have people within the team themselves who are driving those standards as well. So it's not just left to the leader to have the conversations, there's peer-to-peer accountability that is in the team so that when Some people either reduce their level of discretionary effort or when things happen, it's not left up to the leader and only the leader to have the conversation that need to be had because there are people who are seeing that and they're driving each other to take their level of performance to an entirely new level. But it does start with the leaders creating that environment in the beginning. So getting crystal clear on what the KPIs are, what the roles and responsibilities are for each of the members what the standards of behavior are going to be for each of those people within the team, what they stand for, what the values are, what the belief system is, and what the expectations are that are not only in place for the leader, but also every single person within the team. And this needs to be non-negotiable. And sometimes this means that through, uh, through time, through various different circumstances, a leader needs to step up and have some difficult conversations when they need to have them, irrespective of how they feel. And now the title of this particular episode will be just that, have the conversation regardless of how you feel. And it's one of the things that I learned, uh, actually I learned the hard way, in that I, for a number of months, 
would avoid having the difficult conversations that intuitively I knew I needed to have. But I was just hoping I had such a such a belief and such a hope that people within my team would turn their performance around that I would not have to have the difficult conversation. But it did get to the stage where there was no other alternative but to sit down and have a conversation with an individual and a couple of individuals that uh, wasn't necessarily pleasant. It wasn't pleasant for me to have that conversation and it certainly wasn't pleasant for the person to receive that conversation. But it's one of the things that I learned very quickly having gone through that process that is as a leader, we need to do it. So do not avoid having the conversation. And the reason I'm talking about this today is I had a conversation yesterday with a leader at the end of a workshop that uh, they came up and just asked some questions around an existing uh, team member in their team who has been dropping their discretionary effort over a period of time. And it appears that nothing is seeming to work to get this person back on track. And you may be experiencing the same thing. There may be some people in your team or a person or it may have been a person in your team in the past where for whatever reason, and sometimes it's really difficult to put a finger on it, that they're just dropping their performance. Their numbers are not necessarily there. Their efforts are not necessarily there. And sometimes their attitude has had a, a, a negative adjustment. And if we're not all over that and hammering the point home and having the conversation as quickly as possible, very quickly a habit can be formed, but not to mention a change in the attitude of other team members, particularly if they see that me as a leader is not taking uh, not taking care of or not having the conversation, not taking responsibility for trying to correct the performance of this individual. And this is one of the things we talked about yesterday with this particular leader that with the person in her team making the choice, and this is a key point I made, she's making a choice not to necessarily uh, perform at the level that she knows she's capable of. So we need to find out what's causing that. But she's making the choice. And if we as the leader are not taking care of that and not taking responsibility to have the conversation and nip it in the bud as quickly as possible, just think about the impression that's being created in the eyes of the other team members who are seeing us as leaders not taking the responsibility to have the conversation when we need to. Because what will happen is, as we always know, teams are watching us like hawks. And if we are condoning or seeing, being seen to condone certain patterns of behavior and not nipping in the bud because we've talked about how important high standards of excellence are, but if we're not demonstrating, I guess, an attitude and a responsibility and behaviors that are consistent with that, and allowing people to continue to reduce their levels of discretionary effort and therefore perform at a substandard level, then all of a sudden team members who are busting their guts to actually try and improve are all of a sudden starting to say or potentially say, wow, if Darren is not taking care of this particular person and having the conversation to get them back on track, then maybe what he's been saying in terms of all these standards, maybe they're not really true. Uh, and so we have to be really, really conscious of this. And this is the big conversation we had yesterday with this particular individual that she knows this person's performance is not up to standard, but she's been, in her view, she's been trying everything. Now, what I discovered is she hasn't hasn't been given a lot of support from her organization in terms of the people and culture, and she hasn't been given any definitive frameworks to be able to use to have the conversation to try and give this person the opportunity to rectify and to correct their performance. So one of the things we spoke about was, as a leader, what is her core responsibility? Well, her core responsibility is to literally show a mirror, put a mirror up in front of this individual and show her in a factual way, and this is the key point, in a factual way, her current level of performance, but also the outputs of that performance and therefore the consequences based on that performance. So doing it in a really factual way. 
Now, the three core things we spoke about in terms of helping her create a framework, and I've spoken about this a number of times on the podcast, and it's something I use with leaders all the time because many leaders, funnily enough, don't necessarily have a robust structure or a robust framework in order to have these conversations. And so they're literally winging it when they go into the conversation, which doesn't drive any level of consistency and doesn't drive any level of improving person a person's confidence because the leader's going into a conversation thinking, I've got to have the conversation, but I don't actually know how to have the conversation and follow a consistent structure that will enable me to focus on the core issues versus worrying about what this person might say or not say. So I shared with this person yesterday three core ideas or three core concepts that when she follows these will help her not only develop a higher level of confidence in being able to have the conversation, but she'll probably get a much better outcome when having a conversation with anybody, but particularly this person who's been causing some uh, some dysfunction within the team, within her organization. And the first key idea, the first concept was making sure that she's prepared for the conversation. Now, from a from a, a performance management point of view, it's uh, it's really, really important for us to first and foremost, as the leader who has to have the conversation, get really, really clear on what my intention is for this conversation. Now, the question I asked her yesterday was, is this person worth investing in and does this person have potential to turn their performance around? So is this person worthwhile the investment in the long term? And she said she was kind of sitting on the fence, but I said, well, one of the first things you've got to think about is, can you see this person, if given the right uh, advice, the right guidance, the right support, can you see this person being a valuable contributor to your team and therefore the organization over the next 6, 12 18 months. And that's the first question you have to ask because therefore that will determine what is your intention for this particular conversation. Is your intention to get to a point where you can separate between you and her, therefore go your separate ways, or is your intention for to get her back on track to the point where she can be a valuable contributor to the team? So that's the first thing. What is your intention? The second thing in preparing for the conversation is, is the person you're about to have the conversation, are they going to be receptive to it? Now, there's a difference between being in a position to have the conversation and avoiding the conversation. So I often talk about what's their emotional stability and what's the likelihood of them wanting to uh, delay, deflect, uh, avoid the conversation or are they willing based on the relationship that you've built with them, are they willing and able to sit down and have an adult to adult conversation with the view of getting back on track? And this comes back to the intention. And maybe part of the preparation is part and part of the original conversation that you're going to have is to state what your intention is up front. Because if somebody believes that the intention of their leader is to get rid of them, then it stands to reason that in many cases, the natural reaction to that or response to that will be defensive. And in some cases, it might actually be aggressive. So the reptilian brain might take over. So being really clear on, is this person going to be receptive to this conversation? And the third part as part of preparation, this is probably one of the most important ones, is whatever the topic of the conversation you're going to have is, making sure you've got some information, some evidence, some data to support this. Now, this is not necessarily proof that uh, there's going to then uh, lead to a, a consciously biased or an unconsciously biased conversation. It's more a case of if you're going to have a conversation about somebody's uh, performance, and if it's not up to scratch, then you need to be able to back that assertion up with information that factually demonstrates that this person is not performing at the level required. And in this particular person's case, unfortunately, it appeared that this particular individual within the team was not even meeting the minimum standards within the role. So she had a bit of work to do. So the first key part was making sure that she was prepared. So 
if you're a leader who's having to have some difficult conversations and get to a point where you can get somebody back on track and you want to avoid the onerous formalized performance management process, then you've got to start doing some preparation. So know very, very clearly what your intention is for that conversation. Is this person going to be receptive to the conversations? What's their mental capacity to be able to have this conversation? But also have some information, some data, some proof to support it. And make sure it's factual proof. It is not it's not opinion, it's not perception, it is facts. So making sure we are 100% prepared. Now when we do that, then we can then lead into a conversation. I said there's two potential avenues you can go down here. And in some cases, you might have to do both. The first avenue is it may be an opportunity. If you've done the preparation, then the conversation is more around a feedback conversation. And being able to have a conversation around feedback is an important element of any leader. But unfortunately, many leaders allow their feedback to be overrun by opinion. Uh, and sometimes it's their own opinion. Sometimes it is the opinion of others. And one of the key things that we have to do as a great leader when it comes to feedback is keep it 100% factual and understand that the feedback that we're giving anybody it is not about the person it is purely based on the behavior which means we have to keep it factual we have to keep it non-emotional and we have to make sure that our opinion is nowhere near the feedback topic and one of the best models i've ever seen and i use this a lot with sales leaders i use it a lot with leaders uh, i use it myself when i'm give, giving feedback and i only and i wish i had have used this back when I was running sales teams because I was uh, I was told, I was encouraged, I was coerced into using the world-famous feedback sandwich, which in experience, in my experience, doesn't necessarily work. So we need a feedback model that is robust, but also a feedback model that we can, we can trust. We can trust the system, put our faith in that system. And a very, very simple yet profound three-step model is one that uh, I've used very, very effectively and I teach it everywhere I can, including on this podcast before. So if you're an avid listener, you have probably heard me talk about the feedback model or the framework of SIW, Situation, Impact, and Way Forward. Now, this particular framework is such a powerful yet easy to implement feedback model because the three simple steps are, first and foremost, we've got to identify what is the situation? And this is where we focus our attention on the facts, what has been observed, what is the behaviors, remove all the opinions. We're simply looking at what has actually happened. Sometimes you'll observe something, sometimes somebody else will observe something which you have to get some feedback on, but our job as leaders is to be able to find out and separate any facts from any opinion, which means particularly if you're getting feedback from others to then provide feedback to an individual, we've got to make sure that we separate any fact from opinion and making sure that there's no bias that is intertwined in any conversation we're about to have. So the first step of that feedback model is to get really crystal clear on what the facts are and separate all the opinion and all the innuendo. The second part, which is where the the power comes in for this particular model is based on that situation, based on the behavior, based on the thing that's just happened, what is the impact of that behavior on key stakeholders? Now that key stakeholder could be a customer, it could be an internal stakeholder, it could be a manager, it could be a direct report, it could be a partner, whatever the case might be. This is where the crux of the feedback model really takes hold because when we think about what the impact is and if you have a conversation with this person where they can recognize and understand what the impact is, then all of a sudden we hopefully will bring a higher level of self-awareness to this particular person so that they can now think about what they have done incorrectly to the point where they can now think about what they can now do correctly and make a correction for performance. So the second part of that is 
to really understand and identify what is the impact of that behavior, of that situation. Once that's done, then the simple third step is to look at what is the way forward. In other words, what is the action I need to take to either correct my performance, get me back on track, or make some adjustments to get a different result. Now, the key part around leadership on this one is as a leader, our responsibility is to now offer assistance because if you go back to the preparation before this conversation, if our intention is to get them back on track, then in the way forward component, we now start asking the person, okay, what support, what assistance do you need from me? What can I do for you to help you get back on track? Now, very often that sort of feedback conversation is enough to get somebody back on track and get them back into the rhythm of developing some, uh, some more conscious competence and getting them back in terms of increasing their discretionary effort to the point where they can start to churn around their results and start making progress forward. Now, the third component or third idea we talked about is sometimes the feedback conversation won't necessarily have, uh, well, it should have an impact, but in, in some cases where it doesn't, then we just have to then move to the third step, which is a performance correction conversation where sometimes this might be more of a one-way conversation, particularly if the person is not consciously aware of their performance or not wanting to take responsibility. Uh, the third step in this is to follow a really simple process as well in terms of what is the what is the conversation you need to have to try and get this person back on track particularly if they don't have a level of awareness or not willing to take responsibility for their current performance. And the first step of this, it's another three-step process, is to clearly identify and clearly articulate the problem. So if the problem is this person is not uh, turning up to work on time, if they're not meeting minimum requirements, again, having information, having data to support that thesis is really, really important. So identifying crystal, being crystal clear on what the problem is. And once you've got that, then we need to identify a solution. Now, ideally, you'd like to have a two-way conversation, but I know that in some cases, there won't be a level of awareness in on the part of the other person you're having the conversation with. So you might have to be quite directional with this, but getting crystal clear on what the solution is that you need to have in place. And the third part of this is once the solution is put in place, uh, transfer ownership, which means we have to get somebody to take responsibility and accountability that they're about to take on the solution that I've actually asked them to take on. Now, if they don't, then you know what? There'll be consequences and sometimes those consequences will be out of my hands as a leader because there's minimum standards we have to maintain within the team and we want standards of excellence as we've already talked about at the beginning of this episode. So uh, that conversation yesterday was very enlightening for this individual because they hadn't unfortunately been given a framework by their organization to follow to give them confidence to be able to have that conversation. So they, they were literally winging it. So the key message for this individual yesterday was, you know what, as a leader, we've just got to have the conversation irrespective of how we feel and use a structure that's simple to implement, simple to review, simple to be prepared for uh, to have that conversation. And what will happen over time is your level of confidence to have the conversation will go up. But also just think about this, the people around you who are observing you uh, having a conversation with people who are perhaps not living up to the expectations that have been set, all of a sudden they'll start to see, wow, we're in a, in, a, in a high performing environment and if we drop our standards, then the conversation will be had. And sometimes that's enough for people to increase their level of discretionary effort to try to avoid having what many would consider to be a difficult conversation. So as we wrap up this episode, if you find yourself in a position where you know you need to have conversations, but for whatever reason you haven't necessarily been leaning in to have those conversations, then time is now to have those conversations and particularly irrespective of how you feel. Because if you're waiting to feel comfortable, if you're waiting to feel nice about it, 
then that time will probably never come. So you need to be prepared for the conversation, obviously, making sure you're clear on what your intention is, uh, making sure that person will be receptive to that information, but also having some information, some data to support that conversation. Lean in to have the conversation around feedback. So give the feedback, make sure it's very, very factual, remove all the emotion, and if that doesn't work, then have the conversation to correct their performance and do it in a really assertive way by identifying the problem, identifying what the solution to that problem is, but also transferring ownership so we can drive a higher level of accountability because, hey, life's too short, we've got too many things to worry about and we cannot afford to have any passengers on our team, particularly if we're gonna drive towards becoming an exceptional leader. So trust that message helps, trust that message makes sense and it helps you in your quest to drive higher standards of excellence across your team. And as a key reminder, if you're ready to work together, if you are committed to taking your leadership to an exceptional level and you are committed to your own professional development, love the opportunity of working with you and helping you do just that over the next 90 days. So simply go to leadwithdarren.com, pick a time, we'll jump on a call, have a conversation about where you're at, what exceptional looks like for you, map out a plan, put some specific things in place and start executing that plan as early as late this week, early next week. So very much look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.